Hey, faith family. Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast at Calvary Bible, where we go beyond the Sunday sermon to explore some rabbit holes and to bring some biblical truths to the surface. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Well, good morning. Nope. Good afternoon. <laughs> it depends on when they're listening to the podcast, Austin. That's a great start. Uh, good afternoon, Calvary Bible Church. Yeah. I'm on the podcast, so there's going to be mistakes that happen, but uh, we are so glad that you are here uh, to join us for the podcast. We're going to discuss the sermon from yesterday. Uh, we got some questions that came in. I have some questions for you just yeah. in case uh, we run out. But uh, overall, uh, we have been talking about the book of Matthew. That's where we've been studying from uh, on Sunday mornings. And so if you missed this past Sunday's sermon, you did not hurt my feelings. You might have heard Jonathan's because he was preaching. But we were talking Thanks, about, <laughs> yeah, we were, we were talking about and reading from Matthew chapter three, specifically about the baptism of Jesus. And some of the things we talked about was uh, why Jesus was baptized. Um, we also talked about um, the importance of the baptism, how Jesus relates and identifies with us through his baptism, that the fact that it was a commissioning moment for him, uh, and how we are to live in response of Jesus as Lord, if that is his commissioning moment. Uh, so those were some of the main points that we talked about, and there were some great questions that, that came in as a result of that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll kind of read down through the questions, and uh, you can do your you know, best job to answer them. And yeah, we'll have a dialogue with that. So, so the first question that came in, uh, was a good one. Uh, and it it reads this. I always wondered why Jesus didn't start his ministry until he was 30 years old. It wasn't until I read that the priests were brought into the priesthood at 30, that it made sense to me. The priest service usually started with an anointing. I always felt that Jesus' public baptism was his public anointing into this special priesthood that God had for him to do. It was also brought up that John the Baptist was the son of Zechariah who had been serving, who had been a serving priest. It would make sense that a priest-lined person would do the public anointing. Jesus was our high priest as shown in the book of Hebrews. What do you think about that idea? Mm-hmm. It's a lot there. So I'll be curious to hear your thoughts related to Jesus' baptism. Yeah, there's a couple of layers, I think, to that question that um, that we can touch on. So I think first, we see in the Old Testament these roles, the prophet, priest, and king. And we we just kind of glazed across it on Sunday. But we have you have David, who's connected to Jesus. And so there's this kingly role that he fulfills. And then we we're talking about Moses, too, and how he fulfills this prophet-priest role right. that Moses did. Um, and so you could call that an anointing moment, I suppose, in uh, his baptism here in, in the verses 13 to 17. Um, I chose the term commissioning moment. In some ways, I think we're saying the same thing. Yeah. Um, the, the priests uh, did start their ministry around 30. And that's I think Luke is the one who mentions that in his gospel, that Jesus began his ministry at about 30. Um you know, to give us a just a frame of reference for his life. Um, and then, yeah, so in the Old Testament, they're anointing with oil. So we don't, yeah. don't see that here. I think the only, what's Jesus anointed with? It's the perfume um, later on in his life, closer to the crucifixion right. where, uh, is, it, is it Mary? Mar- yeah, okay. Yeah, Mary and Mary. Nelson. Yep. Um, and so, but yeah, either way, I mean, you think about that word, setting him apart, that's what anointing means, to, to kind of set them aside, not aside like on the sidelines, but to set them as a distinct, in a distinct role. 
and putting them forward. And so that's kind of what's happening here. Jesus is being anointed or commissioned, yeah. I think, by God in, in the words that we read. You know, this is my son, my beloved son, with whom I'm well pleased. Um, and yeah, Zachariah is, Zachariah is, um, you know, his uncle who was a priest. So John would have been in that line. I think just the important thing to note here is that it does seem that Jesus is being put in that priestly category and thinking about what the priest does for us. He's that intermediate. Um, he's the connection. He, he's the one who goes before the people into yeah. uh, the holy place or who offers the sacrifice. And so Jesus does that for us. Um, and there's the, you know, the forgiveness and the, yeah, this is the new life we have. In right. It. And that, that connects into, we were reading Isaiah 53, 10 through 12. And at the mm -hmm. end of verse 12, it talks about how, how he will be interceding for us. Yeah. Which is, mm -hmm. adds to that, yep. uh, that aspect of who Jesus is and how he identifies with us. Yeah. So. And so I think for Beyond Sunday, how does this affect us from day to day? Right. Just being reminded of the fact that Jesus is our high priest. He is the great high priest. The way that Hebrews frames it, um, I think the, the high priest in the order of Melchizedek, you know, yeah. that shadowy kind of figure in the Old Testament who was a king uh, and a priest, actually. So Melchizedek's this unique Old Testament character. Um, but again, for us, just recognizing that Matthew's putting him forth uh, to us as this priestly character, and he goes before God the Father and intercedes for us. He right. cares for us, and uh, and that's such good news because obviously we need it. Yeah. Yeah, day yeah. in and day out. That's right. Yeah, one of the questions that I was kind of wrestling through myself mm -hmm. just to make it practical was like, how might it impact my life if I lived in view of the fact that Jesus identifies with us and is interceding for us. Because uh, I think what's really interesting here is you, you get a, a great example of Jesus identifying with humanity and also the fact that he is the God of the universe, uh, kind of all in one. You're seeing his humanity and uh, eternal divine nature interacting with one another here, mm -hmm. which is fascinating for me. So, Yeah, yeah that's good. All right, you ready for the next question? Fire anything away. anything else go. you want to say on that one? No, I don't think so. No, All right. right. Well, if you think of it, we'll come back to it. Last question here would be uh, the C.S. Lewis trile trilemma argument, which mm -hmm. I had heard before, and mm -hmm. I think it's just a great um, – It's yeah, it's helpful to understand and, and talk through. Um, so the question here would be regarding the C.S. Lewis trilemma argument, how might you talk to a Jehovah's Witness who says that Jesus never clearly states that he was God? <laughs> I haven't actually, where I live, the Jehovah's Witness, they never come. They don't walk back your driveway. They don't <laughs> knock on my door. They don't come back my driveway. I think it's the, I don't know, maybe they don't do stone driveways. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. When we had a stone driveway, we still had Jehovah's Witness come Did to they? our house. They yeah, came. every now and again, it's always a surprise. We see him walking through the yard and they come knock on the door. And, yeah. And we say, um, yeah, my dad's a pastor and that always gets a good conversation oh, going. Oh, I bet it does. Yeah. We Well, when we lived in town, actually, I believe there was someone when we lived in mountain joy on barber street uh we did have a visit one time but i don't even remember how it went i don't know um but anyway so the question is how would we handle a jehovah's witness who says that jesus right never clearly states that he is god yeah um i think initially i would i would say he doesn't he doesn't come out and just say i am the son of god or i am god but the ways that he 
the what he does and what he says. Yeah. Look at the reactions of the people around him. Right. That's yeah. Like the Pharisees and you know, they're like, This guy's gotta go. No one can forgive sin except for God alone. And Jesus says he's gonna forgive sin. Um, so Jesus is saying things that put him on that same plane. Yeah. Without putting it in plain, clear English. But he was not always clear in what he said anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? The example that comes to my mind, and I'll be curious to see if this is the one you were thinking of, was uh, I don't have a reference for it. Uh, it's one of the Gospels where Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am. Yeah. And right after that, the Pharisees pick up stones to stone him. And mm-hmm. so it's, that's one of those responses yep. where you, you say, like where you see he says and identifies with God as God. Yeah. And so the reaction of the Pharisees is to pick up stones and stone him because mm-hmm. they knew exactly what he was saying. Yeah, that's right. I think that's in John. There's a like seven or eight of those I am statements. Gotcha. Yes, right. So in my, actually in my devotions right now, I'm reading through Exodus and working through that and listening to another podcast, Bible Project Guys, about um, the name of God, Yahweh. Yeah. And so just kind of hearing, hearing the Old Testament, where it started and how it transformed over the years and then what Jesus does uh, in, in his tongue and, and how John communicates. So, yeah, I think that's a great example. Another one I think I would go to is, uh, he refers to himself more than anything as the son of man, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah. And you might read that and think, well, see there, he's calling himself the son of a human, son right. of man. Uh, but it's in Daniel seven, yeah. I believe yeah. where, you know, there's this vision of the son of man coming down on the clouds, yep. which is this just like, I don't know. It's this famous Old Testament prophecy that the Jews clung to because they were waiting yep. for that day. And so when Jesus says, he calls himself the son of man, he's pointing back to Daniel 7. Yep. And everyone's like, is he the one? Yeah. You know, this this chosen one who's yep. supposed to come. So, And I had never known that. I was always confused with that son of man statement until I had an apocalyptic literature class Mm -hmm. and we read through Daniel and we talked about that reference. And I I think it is in Daniel chapter seven where it it talks about the son of man and the way it describes it. uh, That individual is um, God or a God-like person, which is really fascinating. So, yeah. And that's who Jesus identifies himself with. Okay. You ready? I think I found it here. here. Already. Yep. Daniel Whoa. 7, 13. I saw in the night visions yeah. and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man. And he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. So there's the son of man and everything that's coming his way. And that's, that's a pretty big, right. Pretty big prophecy. Yeah. And that's for me, it's helpful to go back. So when Jesus is saying, identifying with the son of man mm-hmm. for us, it's like, what does that mean? Well, that's what he's identifying with. And yeah. all the Jews hearing that at that time would have known exactly what he was talking about and exactly mm-hmm. who he was, he was comparing himself to or saying that he was. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, so I'm going to go back to the Bible Project guys for a second. They they helped me understand this, and I thought used a good analogy. So we talked about movies on Sunday a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. if you can if you can think of a line in a movie that if you quote it, most of the American population would know. Oh, I know who you're quoting. That's what the Son of Man is. And the illustration that they gave, for example, 
It's ready. Okay, I'm going to test your movie knowledge. Yeah, I was going to say, please. I was trying to think through examples for my own. Yeah, go Are you ahead. ready? I'll, okay. Oh, I'm nervous. You shouldn't be. You're going to get it. Okay. I, I might not even need to do anything more than just breathe. Darth Vader. Luke. Yes. I am your father. Yes. I don't know classic. if that's exactly word for word, but if I say that, you know who I'm quoting. Yeah. Darth Vader. And, and you know, you don't even need to be a Star Wars buff to know to know that. And so just take that into that. And that's the way this vision would have been kind of understood in the Jewish community. You didn't need to be a Pharisee or a scribe to understand that mm. who the son of man was. They were all kind of on board with yeah. this and knew what, what he was talking about. Yeah. So thank you, Bible Project, guys. That's good. Is that where you got that from? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Just listening to their podcast over the years. That's one thing that stuck with me. Yeah. They got some good stuff. Yeah. They're very, very helpful. Appreciate mm-hmm. them. Uh, I was going to say something else along those lines, but I don't remember what it was. So must not have been that important. Um, yeah. So going into one of the questions that I had, unless there's anything else that you wanted to say about the C.S. Lewis trial, yeah, the trilemma argument. Uh, no, I just appreciate that guy, C.S. Lewis. Just a really good thinker. And then there's other arguments, um, you know, as to other options, but I, I think they're weak. Um, because the Gospels and Jesus and God make it pretty clear that yeah he's putting himself into this category of deity. Yeah, and the way, if you ever read, the way C.S. Lewis describes it has always been helpful for me, mm-hmm. breaking down each one as it's uh, liar, lunatic, or lore, and he goes and breaks down each one. Like, if he really was uh, a liar, then, like, why are you know, his disciples wanting to lose their life for him and all these different kind mm-hmm. of arguments that, add into those three why you should believe right lord right that's Mm -hmm. yeah that's what i was getting at yeah all right so the question i had and and you touched on it a little bit on sunday in the sermon but you talked Mm -hmm. about the dove yeah uh as it descends from heaven and uh you kind of you know mentioned what a dove means and so i was curious to know if there was any anything else or, or, or any specific importance to it being a dove Mm -hmm. um, and what that might signify yeah so you have any thoughts on that yeah well just quickly um and we didn't spend hardly at any time on it like you said on sunday morning and so the research that i was doing um was just trying to be helpful there's you know both sacred and secular uses of doves in ancient near eastern culture um so but whatever the case was it was always going to be uh, in a positive light. Um, so anytime there's a, a dove symbol, whether sacred or secular, it's a good thing. And yeah. so just keeping that in mind that this spirit of God that comes down like a dove is not not a bad thing. And then the Old Testament um, reference there was just to, uh, you know, if you're looking for, you know, something in the Old Testament about a dove, it's in uh, the flood narrative. Um, so chapter right. eight, verse 11, the dove came back to him in the evening and behold, in her mouth was a fleshly, freshly, not fleshly. Well, yeah, that'd be, <laughs> that's, you know, Paul talk right there, <laughs> freshly plucked olive leaf. And so Noah knew that the waters had subsided, had subsided from the earth. And so yeah. just that there's hope. Um, and so I, I didn't really think there's, you know, too much out of it. The only reason I really mentioned it is because people might be wondering, you know, what's it look like? And. Um, I'm sure it was a sight to see, um, and it wasn't a dove, but it was like a dove, and that's just how Matthew and you know the authors describe it. I think the other gospel authors that have this account too describe it like that. So it's like the tongues of fire, you know, 
coming down. And oh my goodness, there's Joe Barnard. <laughs> Joe Barnard just busted. The got podcast just got busted. Got to lock the doors, <laughs> keep the riffraff out. Just kidding. Joe is not oh, riffraff. My, that's good stuff. Wow, crazy things are happening in this podcast. This is crazy. Ray Newland just called me on my right. phone. So, Ray, you, you're a bum. If you heard my phone ring, that's what that was. But anyway, so yeah, the Dove, I don't think I would really make too much of it. Um, but it's definitely, you know, it's definitely not a, you know, a ghost. Yeah. You know, or uh, like some kind of a skull or... Good. Much as I love my skulls, good. Uh, it's that's not what it is. It's a it's a good good omen or a good good symbol, a positive one, and it's a hopeful one. And so, obviously, in Jesus's baptism here, there's a lot of this is like the birth of hope. Mm-hmm. You know, his ministry is beginning, and there's a new start. And so, we're as readers ready for what's next. Yeah, yeah. And you were you made a comment about. Uh, People wondering like what the voice might have sounded like, yeah. which was just something I had never thought to, but I guess people do. You know, I guess it's a legitimate question to ask. Yeah. Uh, but all of you who did not laugh at his Morgan Freeman joke, shame on you. Yeah. That was funny. I laughed, and Thank I was you. like one of the only ones. But it's all right. I thought it was. I thought it was a good I, joke. I appreciate the the pity <laughs> laugh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a good one. Morgan Freeman's got a great voice. Yeah, he does. I just yeah, I watched uh, one of the movies he was in recently, and I was like, wow. He was good. He narrated, I think, the whole Shawshank Redemption. Yes, that's the he? that's what it was. That's the one I just watched. Classic movie. Suggested. We're on it's the good. same plane. We are. That's not a good thing. Yeah. Um, so my final thoughts, unless yeah. you had any other no. just wrap up yeah, let's go. You know, conversational pieces. My final thought was one of the things that uh you and Randy like to do is and since we're on the podcast beyond Sundays mm-hmm. to to think through. Uh, practically, how do we live in response to what we were reading on Sunday in Matthew chapter three? And I will share with you kind of my application point. And if you yeah. have any you want to share, you can. But uh, for me, one of the, the application points of how do I live in response to what we read on Sunday was if God is in fact, or if Jesus is in fact Lord, and we see that through this commissioning moment, he's identifying himself with uh, the Messiah all throughout uh, the beginning of Matthew and even uh, what we were reading. So if Jesus is Lord and I am to obey his commands and follow him. For me, it was just that reminder of, um, and you reminded of, uh, reminded of us of this mm-hmm. was walking in obedience to him and serving him uh, as Lord, because if Jesus is Lord, uh, then I am to obey uh, his commands and follow him. I think your last point was like, follow the leader. And yeah. so for me, it was this real practical, like, okay, what does it look like for me to walk in obedience to the things the Lord calls me to, um, to walk in obedience, to praise the Lord, um, because Jesus is God of the universe, Messiah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And particularly when it doesn't make sense, Yeah, you know, because that's what John was wrestling with here. He's coming down to be baptized. And John says, this is this doesn't make sense. This is not the way this should be happening right now. The roles should be reversed. You should be dunking me. And Jesus says, "No, just trust me. Just let it be. We're this is the way it's supposed to go." And so, I mean, there's definitely times in our lives where we just have a sense that you know that I need to do something, and it might not make sense, and that might mean giving in a way financially that doesn't make sense to the financial planner. Yeah. But we just sense that you no know, God's put it on my heart to do this. And so we have to you know follow in obedience or maybe it's, you know, 
um, giving up time or giving up a, a relationship or living out our, I think I mentioned our marriage mm-hmm. in a biblical way, which does not make sense to the world. The way that God is organized and structured a family, it doesn't make sense, you know, to the secular world, but it's, it's good for us. And so we need to trust God and follow him even when it doesn't always make sense. Right. Yeah. And I think you even talked about how the stories might not end well, just yeah. like it didn't for John mm-hmm. the Baptist, but trusting and obeying. And uh, one of the things for me specifically was like, you know, with future plans, what mm-hmm. are those going to look like? Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, man, what what's my future plans going to look like? What's life going to be like after college or, you know, when am I going to all these different life decisions and yeah. uh, just leaning into who Jesus is and trusting uh, even when it might not make sense. Mm-hmm. So and we can't easier go said than done, but yep. but we won't regret it. Hmm. It's for our good, and um, yeah. yeah, just got to follow him. Yeah. So that's all we had for you guys. Hopefully, you enjoyed uh, the sermon yesterday and the podcast today. I know it was helpful for me to just kind of rehash and refresh uh, some of those things after we talked about. And again, the goal of this podcast is to help us uh, live in response to the things that we learned in God's Word uh, on Sunday throughout the week. Yep. Uh, so, with that being said, I hope you have a great rest of the week and we look forward to seeing you next Sunday. All right. See you guys. We love you. Yep. Bye. Thanks again for joining us on today's episode. And remember, Our Sunday sermons are meant to lead us to a life of worship beyond Sunday.